If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, 2TrueFreaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the 2TrueFreaks at the same time. Welcome to Amazon. I love you. <laughs> and now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Hello and welcome to the Five Minute Freak. And this is, of course, going to be nothing like five minutes long, but we just like to call it that. Um, I'm Chris Honeywell, and this episode is going to be a roundtable forum about Captain America, the Winter Soldier. And we got a whole slew of two true freaks podcasters here. I'm just going to run down through in alphabetical order. Starting with TN, TFNG, the new guy, the new guy on Two True Freaks. He's got two, two, he came on with two podcasts to Two True Freaks, the Hammer Podcast and the Quantum Cast. Mr. Gene Hendricks. Hello, everyone. How you doing? Doing good. And obviously you can tell how insane I am because I came on with two podcasts. Yeah, that is that is, I think, the definition of insanity. I think as Einstein uh, set the parameters of it. <laughs> and I think Einstein was a podcaster. Sure. Frank Einstein. <laughs> Not Albert Einstein. <laughs> you, have to, you have to have the full name in there. The first Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Yeah. All right. So, Einstein. As, and that voice you heard off to my left is, is Scott McGregor in the room with me. How you doing? I'm doing well. I know. I know. I'm in the room with you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And next, next we've got uh, the the girl from Two True Freaks, agent from Two True Freaks, girl podcaster Hope Mullinex. Uh, Nick Fury says, "Shut the fuck up, motherfucker." And then your pal and mine, the Doctor Bill Robinson. I am Dr. Bill Truck, the Leaper. <laughs> the Leaper? From the, the Leaper colony? The Leaper. Yes, I am head of the Leapers. <laughs> and from Back to the Bins, the one of the Dueling Arnolds. We've got both of the Dueling Arnolds here. Mr. Paul Spataro. La, la, la. <clears throat> Hello. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing pretty good, thank you. How about yourself? I'm not bad. I'm pretty psyched. Uh, we'll be, be we'll be the judge of that. I'm, I'm pretty psyched to be discussing this movie. 
And yes. last but not least on this huge, huge humongous docket, the hair metal hero, Chris Tyler. Hey, what's up? All right. Now that we're all here and we're all ready to go and it's time to get into Damn. the first part of the show where we're going to each give our our uh, little five five minute or so um, review of the movie and then afterwards we will discuss. So since we're going in alphabetical order by last name, Gene Hendricks, the new guy, you get to go first. All right. It better be good, man. Well, I'm in trouble then. Or we, as as we had to with Sean Engel, who couldn't make it to this podcast. It's it's a dock and pay. Well, Fifteen I, tickets I, at the company store. I may just have to take the hit, but I'll give it give it the old college try. Thank you. I I thought we were docked fifty quatlus if we didn't show up. It depends on who you are. You docked fifty quatlus, Doctor. Yeah, I, I'm the new guy. I don't get quatlus yet. <laughs> We gotta wait till he spends all his all his money on podcasting equipment at the company store. Then we start getting <laughs> the quatloos out of him. Mm. All right, Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Uh, I went to see it the weekend it opened, not the night of. I'm not that big a nerd yet, or anymore probably. Uh, I have to say I didn't have not read the comics this is based on, although I was familiar with the story. But I really enjoyed the movie. Uh, Chris Evans, again, is spot on as Captain America. He just, he nails the role. Uh, there was plenty of action at anyone who w- goes to see Captain America and wants action, but there was also a lot of intrigue. You didn't really know what, what exactly was going on. Um, you know, there, there were a couple reveals that I wasn't expecting, but there were some that, yeah, I kind of saw coming, but very, very well done story. There was enough comedy in it to make it work, especially with the Black Widow. She she did pretty good as far as lightening the mood in some cases, but it wasn't too much. There wasn't so much that it ended up being slapstick. Uh, I have to say that they worked Zola in the best way they possibly could. It, it was when his face, for lack of a better term, showed up on that screen, I, I loved it. I... I almost applauded at that point. I was trying to be polite, though. Uh, Sam Jackson finally showed how much of a badass he is and why he was in charge of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, that car chase scene better than the Blues, Brother- Blues Brothers. <laughs> of course, I can't talk. I'm only a podcaster. Uh, looking back at it, the way they worked the Winter Soldier set up into... The first Avenger, quite well done. I I wasn't exactly thinking of that when I first saw the the first movie, but it does make sense. It it flows quite nicely. Uh, this the movie was a game changer for everything, especially the TV show. And I don't know how many of you have seen the follow up episode of the TV show, but it's it blew it out of the water. It it completely changed the dynamic of everything and. I'm going to be really interested to see what they do going forward. Uh, the Falcon, what can I say? He was terrific. The The actor, the part, wonderfully done. Uh, Robert Redford was a nice addition. He wasn't chewing scenery, which is kind of what I was a little worried about, but he he really did a nice job. He was subdued, just brought the right amount of gravitas to the film. And now for my rant. 
or mini rant, as it were. Um, attention, Hollywood. Knock it off with the shaky cam already. I get what you're going for. We want to be in the action, etc. But if Scarlett Johansson is standing in a static shot, you don't have to move the damn camera. I'm getting really sick and tired of this. You either can't set up a shot properly or you can't choreograph a fight scene. Neither of which was true in this movie. So hold the camera still, all right? And I think that's it for me. All right. Who's up next? Hey, I'm up next. Um, I went to see this, um, yeah, opening day at like one in the afternoon. Very few people in the theater. It was a matinee and on, on a weekday. But, um, man, I loved it. It may be one of... I, I can't say it's better than the Avengers. It's better than, than the Avengers in some ways, story-wise, maybe. But it might be, next to the Avengers, the one that I've had the most fun watching, the most um, moments where I got really psyched during it. And um, it's funny that you mentioned the shaky cam because I found it to be refreshingly less shaky cam than I'm used to, at least, you know, especially when you're talking about the car chase. Um, what made the movie for me is that car chase sequence and the hand-to-hand fighting, especially the scene in the elevator or just generally any fighting in it. It reminded me of old-fashioned movies where they would set it up, especially with the car chase, where you would get an idea of the space and the spatial relations of everything in it and the movement of it instead of just a series of close-ups and whip pans and stuff. Because during that, that Nick Fury chase, boy, oh boy, it was that, that thing moved. That, that reminded me of the old gritty 70s when a car chase was a brutal thing through a city. And, you know, nowadays I often will watch a, a car chase in a movie and just be sort of like, all right, here's, here's the car chase. Um, I, just, I just thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I think Marvel has established their, their whole formula, which could have been a horrible thing and a deadening thing to it, but they're reveling in it. They're, they're, they're cheerfully making every movie a big, you know, they're building the world in every movie. Um, this one was, as, as Gene said in his review, a big game changer for even the television show, for the S.H.I.E.L.D. television show. And, but at the base of it, you know, I just enjoy that they make the characters very appealing and you you like these superhero characters and they they are gen, gen, genuine people you feel when you're watching it you get involved with them i i love the character of of steve rogers all the actors commit 100% and it just rolls along and it doesn't ultimately become like great cinema to where this is like a a great movie as a piece because it's not it's a piece of a whole puzzle of different stuff and it's somewhere in between to me the whole marvel universe now feels somewhere between tv comics and movies which really kind of works really well and as i think how it should be 
and they're they're just they're just doing a great job. There were there was a the perfect mixture of action, laughs, um, and drama in it. Uh, and it's funny that you're saying um, um, Redford wasn't chewing the scenery. I totally agree with that. I thought he did just you know pitch perfect job of what it wasn't one of his great acting roles, but he was perfect for what he was doing. But I noticed a lot of the reviews and reviewers were like, ah, Redford gets a chance to chew the scenery as a villain, and it's just it, it's not so. Yeah, he he's he's fairly subdued in it. Um, and once again, Gary Shandling. Gotta love that Gary Shandling. Um, if I had anything to say about it that I didn't like, I thought it's slow. And this is a, a common complaint with all the Marvel movies. I think they they slow down in the third act for me because that's usually where it ends up in the video game part of the the movie where it's the boss battle and in this case it was uh you know you have to get to three different ships and change the chips in the ships and fight the you know this on this ship and this ship i can see how the video game would work you know where you're captain america you switch the chip and then you can switch players into the falcon and fly over to the next one and you know and and do all that and and while i did not like it I thought it was inferior to the practical or mostly practical car chases and and fights in the in the beginning. But otherwise I can't wait to see it again. I was I was getting pumped up through it like I, I usually don't, especially without a crowd going wild or anything to feed off of. Um yeah, I'm I'm more than happy. I'm really looking forward to, to number three. I'm really looking forward to the next Avengers movie because I think that's going to just be spectacular. So that's my five to eight minutes or whatever it was. On to Scott McGregor. Ah, yes. Pull out the notes. <coughs> Clear out the legal lungs here. Um, I'm sure we're all going to say a lot of the same stuff tonight. Um, I saw it with Chris, so I'll defer to his description of the, the setting. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, all the way around, I mean, I, I think this is probably tied for first is my favorite Marvel movie at this point with the Avengers. And it's just like, cause I, it just feels like such a good continuation of that. And just said the overall world building. Iron Man 3 felt a little detached from the greater universe for me. Um, and that's fine because he had his own stuff with extremists to do. And that's actually bled over into the TV show. So that's still the synergies there but i mean this felt like such a continuation of the tone of the avengers and continuing the themes and you just know there was some really good writer collaboration on this between joss whedon and i don't know who the writers i the, the rosu brothers directed it but I, I doubt they wrote it but um anyone know off the top of their heads who wrote it i don't know anyway oh google it yeah um but um google knows but it just, and honestly, I'm such a Whedon fan, but I thought the writing was actually better than the Avengers in a lot of ways. And it just had good structure. You know, it had its kind of cheesy little plot points that you have to have in a superhero movie. You know, as Chris was saying, the, the video game stuff at the end, I have the same complaints about. But I mean, still, you know, good spectacle. And to see three helicarriers 
blasting away at each other is a pretty impressive scene. Pretty nice, yeah. But yeah, the action sequences early on, I almost that was minor. That was not the set piece. It was the hand to hand combat and the car chases, and I'm sure it will be for a lot of us. And particularly the hand to hand combat sequences for me were just some of the best I've like literally ever seen in film, I think. And I hope it's just not like infatuation with the movie that's making me say that because I'll probably change my my mind eventually but it's at least the best i've seen like in a decade including the avengers because you didn't get as much you know we had more thor blasting stuff and yeah Iron Man large and scale stuff yeah I and mean, i've seen reviews that described you know the fight scenes as very brutal and they were they were actually and this is what a fight scene should look like they were uncomfortable for me to watch that they were like that violent and that up close and I thought very well shot and, you know, very well staged. And I don't, I'm not sure what the Russo brothers, I think they did community or something. I mean, they didn't come from action films, but they're, they probably have a career in, or, career in them now um, because they just, the way they shot this for me was really astounding. Yeah, um, I'd like to see them do an R rated action <laughs> movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they need to do the next Wolverine, maybe. <laughs> that would be kind of nice. Uh, just my points, I'm probably running over here, but. Um, I love the 70s thriller aspect of it and the nods to that. You just tell, you know, the writer and directors were fans of that. And bringing in Redford was just kind of the icing on that cake. I would have loved to have seen him chew more scenery, you know, because I love Redford. But, that you know, I think Gene said it, that was the right part. That's what he had to do in the movie. So, I mean, he wasn't supposed to be the overtop villain. He was supposed to be the covert villain, but... He had a great scene with his maid there when he had to blast her because she came back in for his phone. I, you know, yeah. her phone. I thought it was, you know, good, a, a good set piece of showing that yeah, this guy is just a ruthless killer too. You know, he'll do anything to, to means you know to make his whatever he needs to do. I can't speak tonight. Keep his power. Um, there's so much good stuff in this movie that it almost overshadowed for me. Unfortunately, the main subject of the movie. Um, I love, I haven't read the Winter Soldier, but as everyone else, I know what it was and it, it, that was no spoiler. Um, but it just felt, he felt underutilized and he didn't even have to be in this movie and you almost kind of wish they had saved it for maybe the third one. So they could have just explored it and what it, you know, they didn't really have time to pause and they had a couple good moments, but you didn't really get to examine as much as I would like to, you know, what it does how that affected Steve Rogers and, you know, the journey from the winter soldier coming back from what he is now to the person that knows Steve Rogers. So, I mean, it was still great and he was a great villain and, um, you know, great action and it's a great storyline ultimately, but I just felt like, you know, it almost should have been saved and I'm sure they'll expand on it eventually because they've signed what's his name, Sebastian Stan on for multiple movies. So, um, what else to say? Hydra, holy shit, Arnim Zola showing up. I kind of suspected he would. I didn't know a lot of spoilers for this movie at all. I knew the one that basically S.H.I.E.L.D. gets taken down at the end, but, I mean, that's neither here nor there. But that affects so many things on, like, Asians or S.H.I.E.L.D., but overall, just amazing movie. Uh, Falcon, holy shit, um, the way they realize that suit and the wings. Uh, we definitely need to see more of Anthony Mackie. All the actors just... Felt like they were having a great time in this movie. They really take their roles seriously. Scarlett Johansson was definitely a standout and the way her character was written. And 
I'm going to ramble on. So actually, I'm just going to pass it on and give it a thumbs up, and we'll chat more later. All right. Well, we'll go to the next name on the list, which is Hope Mullinex, and Hope, I hope you'll keep it brief. Hey, guys. So I'll try to not be so vocal this time around. I actually just recorded a four-hour Winter Soldier podcast with my buddy Angel, and it, it's for my show, and we, we recorded four hours, and we didn't even get halfway through our notes. I have so many feels about this movie, and I absolutely love everything about it. I will argue that it's the best in the Marvel Universe thus far, and oh my god, I dare I say it's better than the Avengers, which I never thought I would say, but it's this movie is absolutely stellar, and one of the things I liked about it where they, they talked about how they wrote the plot in a way that you could take out the superhero elements and it would still be a good movie, just without that. I loved seeing Steve in this movie. It's, it was so much fun to see him jaded because it's, it's not like Captain America 1 where it was clearly black and white. Like, you know, we're fighting the Nazis and Hydra and they're the bad guys and we're the good guys. I liked how in this movie that you didn't really quite know who to trust. And it was great to see that development in Captain America and watching him trying to figure all that out. Oh my God, Sebastian Stan was so good in this movie. Oh, oh, he's for one beautiful. He's, he's my future husband and he doesn't know it yet. But I just, I loved seeing him so much. And I, probably one of my favorite things that interviewers kept pointing out too is how well he can emote with his his physical features and his eyes. He's been half the movie wearing a mask, and he has something like, what, like 12 lines in the entire movie? And it was wonderful watching how talented, how talented he is because he would use his eyes and his physicality to get the point across for Bucky. And, like, the, the one scene that I just, I, I actually cried during because, you know, Bucky's one of my favorite comic book characters and Sebastian's one of my favorite actors. And it was the whole scene where he was asking, he was like, that, that man on the bridge, I knew him. I, you know, no, I, I knew him. And like, he got teary and I was just like crying for him. Especially like when he was like, when they were erasing his mind again, he was just screaming. Oh God, oh, it was so intense. I just, oh, Sebastian Stan was just absolutely stellar in this movie. Just, oh, it was so good. I loved seeing Natasha in this movie. I felt like we were actually getting to see her for the first time as a character. Because you know in Iron Man 3, she was undercover. So she was there as a spy and she, she was wearing that face. And, and in Avengers, you know, she, we didn't actually get to see who she was personally except for the scenes that she was with Clint. And so I, I really in, I felt like for the first time we were seeing her as a character. And watching her open up to Steve, I, I love the scene where she asked Steve, like, you know, do you trust me? And he goes, well, now I do. Because, I, and it's just like little things, you know, seeing Natasha put her feet up on the dashboard of a truck. Like, you know, that's, that's a Natasha thing. That's not like, you know, spy Black Widow. That is Natasha Romanoff being Natasha Romanoff. And it was kind of nice seeing her finally starting to open up. And I, I hope they continue going that direction with her. Because, you know, she's not all cat suits and, like, curves. You know, she's actually a person. Sam is a wonderful addition to this franchise. Like, I, I'm actually kind of bummed that uh, Anthony Mackie was talking he wasn't asked back for Avengers 2 yet. And so I, I, I just... Oh, motherfucking Falcon. Like, he's just so good. And I think the best scene was Sam... 
that was actually the most important one is when he's at the VA meeting and he's talking with the recently discharged veterans. Because to me, that kind of established him as his character, who he is, and, you know, set him, up, set him up. And I love that he right away, you know, realized it was Steve Rogers that he was meeting and that he did not fanboy over Captain America. I think most people would be like, oh, my God, it's Captain America. But he saw Steve for Steve, and he like he could have been Steve Rogers or he could have been Captain America. Like it, that didn't matter to him. He wanted to help Steve, and this wasn't his fight. This wasn't his war. He chose to help Steve and Natasha because it was the right thing to do. And I I, I find that really amazing about his character, and I, I think he is a, a wonderful addition to this franchise. And I'm glad they finally took him because I think Anthony Mackie auditioned for like 10, 15 times for Marvel, and he finally got it. And I'm glad they gave him this role because he was absolutely amazing. I think when it comes to Nick Fury, one of the best um, interviews came from Chris Evans, and he was talking about how Fury had never had so many resources at his disposal before, and kind of in a way, Fury didn't really know how to use all these resources to his advantage because he had too many and his power got way too fast. And I got way too big, way too fast, and, I, and we definitely saw that in the movie. So it was great seeing, and it was also great seeing Fury in action, because so far he, we haven't seen him really fight much, you know, he, he's just kind of there. But the entire car chase scene, we see why he is the spy of all spies, and, and we see what a badass he is. So I really enjoyed watching Fury in this movie, because his character was just so, we finally got to see him fight, and that was something cool that we hadn't seen before, and I, I really loved that part. I, I think it's incredibly important um, that they introduce Sharon C Carter uh, in this in this movie, especially with what's coming in the in the future of the franchise. Um, because if you don't know, Sharon Carter is Agent Thirteen, and she's incredibly important because not only does she date Cap off and on in the comics, she's also the one that shoots Captain America in Death of Captain America. And here she is in this in this movie. And it was recently announced just before that Chris Evans only has three films left, while Sebastian Stan has like seven left. So I think we're moving in a Death of Captain America direction to where now with the introduction of Agent 13, we're going to see uh, Bucky take up the mantle as captain. So I think it's incredibly important that she arrived in this film. Though I just wish they did more with her. She was just kind of there. She was the neighbor. Um, really, she was just showing like Fury's involvement in Steve's life because you know she she was the one that was living next door to him to keep an eye on him. So I just I, I wish they did a little bit more of, with her, and we didn't even get her last name. And she's Peggy Carter. Uh, she's Peggy Carter's niece in the comics. So I I just kind of wish they did a little bit more with Sharon. I cannot wait to see the fallout from this Hydra reveal that Hydra's been in Shield. Cause for one, that's like a massive, like ground, like it just like breaks the Marvel universe. Everything has been through Shield thus far. Like the Avengers got together because of Shield, so to have Hydra just completely destroy that is it's crazy. And like the amount of they 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 destroyed so much. Like they are the response. They were. They are responsible for Maria and Howard Stark's death, so that affects Tony. Senator, Senator Stern was, is a Hydra agent. Imagine if Tony had actually handed over her his armor to the government when Senator Stern asked him. Hydra would have an Iron Man suit. And they were targeting people like Doctor Strange, Bruce Banner, Tony. They probably had Thor targeted as well. 
and they they were going to kill two million people like that's crazy and I, I have to start kind of wondering a few theories about them, especially about Sitwell. Like, I was incredibly upset about Sitwell being a Hydra agent. But I have to wonder if he's actually really a Hydra agent. Um, the actor who plays him said in an interview that even Fury's backup plans have backup plans. And he actually started a Twitter hashtag called Believe in Sitwell. So I don't, like, even though Sitwell looks like he's dead because he kind of got thrown in front of a truck, I think we're going to see Sitwell actually still playing a part even though he's dead, and he helps set up a lot of things that we don't know about. So maybe we'll see that in one-shots and stuff, but I, I don't think Sitwell's influence is gone, and I actually question whether or not he's actually a Hydra agent, truly. Also, I kind of have to wonder about that post-credit sequence because uh, we see Baron Von Strucker, they had Loki's spear, and they also had the twins with Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. And if if Hydra has been inside S.H.I.E.L.D. all this time for like 70 years, they were in S.H.I.E.L.D. when they had the Tesseract and the Avengers. So I kind of wonder how much they had involvement with the Battle of New York. If they could get a hold of the Tesseract, maybe they could have communicated with Thanos or communicated with Loki. Like, that could have been a thing that they could have helped bring Loki to New York and set up the plan. And keep in mind, Hydra was also in the World Council, and the World Council wanted to nuke New York during the Avengers. So maybe that was their, their first big move to try to show Hydra's power. And maybe they were trying to make a move then. Of course, Tony stopped them. But that's that's a little scary that they could have been involved before that. The biggest thing I wonder most about this movie, um, and I wonder if this in Iron Man 3, because with the Mandarin, he's a global terrorist. You know, that that's a major deal that you have this crazy man like running around. And I wondered in Iron Man 3, where are the other Avengers? Like, why are they not coming to help out Tony? And I wondered that in this one, too. Not so much with Thor, because we know he's chilling in London and stuff like that, and we don't know where Bruce is. But I kept going, where the hell is Clint Barton in all this? Because this isn't like Avengers Assemble, the TV show. Because in Avengers Assemble, Clint clearly calls out Natasha and goes, you know, you're Fury's watchdog. You're either with S.H.I.E.L.D. or you're with the Avengers. I am with the Avengers, so you need to choose your sides. But that's not true in the cinematic universe. Clint is still a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. So I'm sitting here wondering this entire time, where is Clint in all this? I mean, I just want to know what's going to happen with S.H.I.E.L.D. now. Like, are they going to try and make S.H.I.E.L.D. 2.0? I mean, we see Maria go apply for Stark Industries, so she's not there. Fury's in hiding. So I'm kind of wondering what's going to happen with S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, with all this. All right. Well, wow, that was quick. Okay. Uh, next up, uh, it's you, Dr. Bill Robinson. Ah, thank you. Well, um... Ben and I went to see this, uh, you know, uh, our usual father and son tag team duo to go catch movies. And um, when we came out of this, he was uh, he loved it. And and I did, too. But he he was more he's really into how they're doing the world building because, you know, even though he's well, he's 12. See, 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 Paul, I remember how old he was. Um, You probably have it like written on your hand or something. Damn it, I can't get this off. Anyway, um, he... Uh, I wash it, I wash it, I can't get rid of it. I was yeah. going to say, that's what she said. 
out, out, damn stains, these damn stains. Anyway, um, he liked the whole world building and, and how, you know, he really thought that this called back to the first movie, the first cat movie. So I was thrilled that, that he saw those connections and, and I guess he saw the Arnim Zola thing before I did. Because in the Arnim Zola scene, for some reason, I was looking ahead to the next movie thinking that, oh, this is how they're going to create Ultron. It never I, – I, I literally wanted to smack myself in the face for not seeing that that was Arnim Zola as fast as Ben did because he just whispered. He's like, that's Arnim Zola. And I went, oh, son of a bitch, it is. Because <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, it's Ultron. Yeah, that's how they're going to create Ultron with all those computers. And then when – and then when the camera starts, you know, moved and then the screen came up and I'm looking at it going, wow, the Ultron really looks kind of silly looking. And it's Arnim Zola. Oh, yeah. Duh. So uh, that was great. A great, an excellent callback. Um, Robert Redford, we had uh, talked on Back to the Bins on the, um, the Captain America one that we were pretty sure he was going to be a villain. We, we had hoped he was going to be 50s Cap. But I like the role that they did pick for him. It was good. Um, it was nice to see uh, um, Haley Atwell back as as Peggy Carter, even in the old lady makeup. And for as sad as that scene was, it was a double punch in the gut when you realize that she has Alzheimer's and sees Cap again and goes, oh, you're back. And the acting that Chris Evans did was I thought in that scene really was phenomenal. I forgot about that. That was a really good scene. Yeah. You're right. Because I did not expect that. You know, you're going along, oh, it's such a sad reunion. And it's like, oh, my God. Wow. And he just went with it. And oh, it's just really good. Hats off to him. Now, I did miss one scene in this. And it's and it's odd that um, um, the the scene that I missed as, as much as I rib Paul uh, about doing dialysis with Stan Lee. I had to go to the bathroom during the movie <laughs> and I missed the whole Stan Lee as a Smithsonian guard because I come back and I, I asked Ben, so what happened? Oh, they went to Smithsonian and Stan Lee was there. I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> well, see, that's what you get for making fun of me. <laughs> um, I would like to know who Gary Shandling ate and can they get out of him? <laughs> Uh, what is yes, Gary Shandling has like his chin is eating the rest of his face, man. He's it's scary. Like, since Iron Man two, even he's gained like fifty pounds. I, I mean, is he's turning is into he... like the shape of a ladybug? <laughs> is he taking those those weird drugs that um, that uh, Jerry Lewis was taking for a while? You know, turn you into an old grandma, sort of. I mean, that's like <laughs> it. You know, he he looked like the you know. Yapat Koto at the end of uh, Live and Let Die when he gets shot with the pellet. <laughs> I, or, um, I expected him to just blow up and fly away. Yeah, or the, or uh, what's her name? Veruca Salt uh, and uh, Billy Wonka. Oh, Violet. Violet. Yeah, Violet, yeah. Violet, Violet. You know, here comes Gary Oompa Shandling. <laughs> like, dude, what happened to you? You used to be stuck. I mean, that, that just took me, that one scene totally took me out of the movie because I'm just going, dude, what happened to you? I mean, come on, seek help. Do I thought something. He was going to eat Agent Sitwell. <laughs> yeah, he's really leaning in close there. Just to bite the ear, yeah. Oh my God, he's gone. Done with that ear. 
Did anybody notice this time around um, the blonde that um, Scarlett Johansson p- p- portrayed from the lady from the from the the World Council? Jenny, Do you know Jenny Agutis? Jenny. Yes, from Logan's Run. Logan's Run. Yeah. I did not recognize her or, at uh, all until American I saw World her name in the credits. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh yeah. So, uh, oh, and by the way, the writing credits. Uh, Scott, were are Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely. Ooh. Feely? Speedy Shit. delivery. Get those boys a contract. <laughs> and uh, they also credit Ed Brubaker with concept and story, which a lot of this, you know, they right. they they lifted. And then they also... Apparently had a cameo as well. Oh, really? Yeah, it was uh, one of the scientists he... working on the Winter Soldier. Oh, cool. Joe Simon and Jack Kirby also have uh, writing credits as well. At least on IMDb, they do. So, um, but overall, it was a good movie. It's it's nice that it, you know this was more of a a spy thriller than I mean, it was still a comic book movie, but it it did have action and it kind of harkened back also with with Robert Redford being in it. Remind me of what was it? He was in um, was it Seven Days of the Condor? And three then days also, of the Condor. Three days, seven. Well, yeah, I it takes me longer, I guess. <laughs> Three Days of the Condor, and then also, um, like, All the President's Men, stuff like that. Although this time he's the villain instead of the hero. So, I mean, it was good. It, I, I loved it. Uh, it did build more on, on, onto the universe. And if you're not watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you need to. I don't want to spoil anything here, if anybody would like to go back and get caught up. But this really played into the episode prior to the movie built up to it and there was a payoff for the episode after and that's all i'm going to say about that unless you want guys want to talk about that later and we probably should touch on it a little bit after yeah yeah oh and one last thing and my five minutes is up okay if the winter soldier is so super secret he's been around for 50 years why does he do assassination standing in the middle of the street (laughs) yeah (laughs) but uh but yeah bucky barnes was profile no the the Winter Soldier was dreamy. Fuck yeah! <laughs> As Hope would say. All right. So you're done? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you're done? I'm done. Okay. I'm done babbling. Oh, great. Okay, next we have... Paul Spataro, you're up. All right, this is the point where I'm supposed to be down on the movie and give the contrast to whatever I know, this is saying, where you're... Right? Well, you're never really down on the movie. We sort of portray you as that just to be dicks. But you, you, this is a point where you usually come in and go, nah, nah. Well, unfortunately, I'm going to break character on this one because oh, I did manage to keep my expectations low, uh, which I hadn't been able to do in Iron Man 3 and Thor The Dark World. Uh, and this is the one where it would have been okay if I didn't keep my expectations low because this one delivered on every level. Uh, this, this, The Avengers, to me, is the best one in the in this. Marvel Pantheon because just what it has in it with all of the different heroes and the way they meld and all. But if I'm looking at it from a pure movie making point of view uh, and just quality movie making, uh, this movie has raised the bar and set a new level for where the Marvel movies have to get to. I, I think this is the one that they're going to all be measured against now because this has got the highest quality of writing, highest quality of acting. I didn't really have a problem with the shaky cam. I thought the directing was excellent. 
Uh, overall, I just thought it was a great movie, and I don't want to get too repetitive on what everybody else said, but I'm going to anyway. Uh, I thought Chris Evans owns the role. I think everybody is very quick to credit Robert Downey Jr. with being the face of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and up till now, I think he had been, but I think he's been usurped by uh, Chris Evans and how he portrayed Cap in this. I think he is now ready to take his place as the centerpiece of the Marvel Universe, assuming he wants to keep acting, because there is some talk that he doesn't. Uh, And that would be a real shame, because he he embodies this character, which is... I, I think it's a tribute to his acting ability when you compare how he portrayed Johnny Storm and compare that to this and the differences and the way he makes you think about the two characters. Uh, I agree that the Black Widow is now ready for her own movie. Uh, she's basically shown that she can she can carry the story to the extent she needs to. And if they write a good story for her, she can carry the movie and I think it would get a good box office return. Um, Falcon was awesome. I think they totally used that in a real-world setting the, as best as they possibly could. Um, Robert Redford was much better than I expected, but as Bill mentioned, through the whole movie, I was constantly waiting for him to be revealed to be the 50s cap. Uh, and I, I would have loved it if at some point that had come out. Uh, I loved the mid credit sequence with Baron Strucker. I thought he should have been the center point of the... Uh, of the, of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show. I thought he should have been the villain and Hydra should have been the organization that they were going after. And maybe we're getting to that point now on that show. And as we will talk to, to more about that show later on. But that that this this movie has brought up the level of that show, I believe. Uh, the Winter Soldier, honestly, he was fine. Everything was good with it. But he, I almost felt like he was an afterthought. I don't think they dedicated the time to him and his character that you would expect considering he was the subtitle name on the, uh, on the movie, but all said, I'm given, I, I just think it was awesome on every level and I'll pass on the baton now to, uh, Chris Tyler. Excellent. Thanks. You did that for me. <laughs> all right. Five minutes. Uh, probably won't even be that long. Okay. All right. So win a soldier. I've seen it twice now in the past week. And uh, I think I liked it more the second time. I think this was Captain America in tone, in personality, from right off the page. Uh, I loved the world building. I think it is the biggest world building movie for Marvel since The Avengers, which kind of makes sense. Cap is sort of the figurehead, even though the movies have made Tony Stark the figurehead, but whatever. Um, It really was a direct sequel to first Avenger, which I was very pleased about. I was not expecting most of what I got in this movie, uh, from Anam Zola to callbacks to the Red Skull to Hydra to Gary Shandling, for fuck's sake. Why not, right? Uh, You know, and his character in this kind of explains why he was such a douche in Iron Man 2. Um, And launched a million memes. A million memes, and I'm already sick of them, other than the one with Bert and Ernie. Uh, uh, let's see. Yeah, like I said, uh, Falcon was awesome. Scarlett Johansson was awesome as Black Widow. Give her her own movie already, damn it. She's she's proved that she knows the character, and we all want to see it. Uh, yeah, let's do that. Um, what else can I say? 
Winter Soldier, I have not read the, the Brubaker run of Captain America, yet I am familiar with who the character was. There was no spoiler to me about who, who he was. It's all good. Um, I enjoyed it. I, you know, the strong silent type villain kind of works pretty well when uh, Cap is usually the one that's going to do the talking anyway. Uh, big action in this that I loved. Comic book action. It wasn't, I, people were saying it was a political thriller. It was a superhero movie. Don't, don't believe the political thriller hype. They had some comic book politics in it, which is fine. That's all these movies need. They don't need to be, uh, you know, Nolan-esque politics and crime. It's, you know, it's good old-fashioned superhero fun in this one. Very violent. Maybe not for the super young in your group, but uh, I loved everything about it. And again, I got to say it again, Adam Zola, I lost my shit. That was one of the best ways you could ever portray that character in the modern age. There you go. All right. Well, I guess we could safely say that pretty much everybody here, we got the general mostly consensus that this movie kicks ass. So let's discuss. What do you guys think? I, do you guys Suck. think this will get um, Scarlett Johansson a Black Widow movie? I still don't know if, I mean, Marvel's, you know, I don't think they could lose, but I'm not sure well, they're going to be maybe they... enough to do it yet. With the way it ended, with her in scene walking out of um, the Senate hearing and all the stuff that was dropped in the movie about her past, this and that, maybe this. It seems like they are setting her up for a movie. That or we'll get a movie. I mean, I hope so. Right. Cool. I hope so. I'm just wondering. Like, yeah, the the only inherent problem with this big cinematic universe is keeping the actors. And right. obviously, we're starting to hear things about Chris Evans, but I mean, they've got that, they're thinking five moves ahead, which is great, and I'm sure if anyone's even thought about making a Black Widow movie, they've already got ScarJo to say yeah about it, you know, before they're even going to release it. She seems to be enjoying the role. Yeah, so. I think so. I was really, really impressed with how they wrote her in this. I mean... Well, I don't my, know why you don't see her smoking cigarettes all the time, because she's got some smoker voice. When man. I watched it again the other day, yeah, it was it was noticeable. It's like Lindsay when I, Lohan. Yeah. Sort of, so I but, expected she hey. should have been, like, always off in the corner just having a, having a smoke, you know, a parliament wouldn't diminish her in my eyes at all. Oh, it doesn't diminish. No. Yeah, but I'm saying. Hey, fellas. This yeah. is the Smithsonian. I'm looking for a fossil. Hey, Scarlett Johansson here. That's right. <laughs> my Scarlett Clawhammer. Uh, like we, we walked away from the Avengers movie thinking that a Hulk movie was imminent. Nah, that's true. I think they would. So that, that's my only thing. What's that? They would have kicked ass at the box office with one. Um you see, the thing about it is the Hulk didn't figure into the Avengers as much as like Black Widow did with Captain America. And the thing with the, with the Avengers made, I mean, shit tons of money. Yeah. But this movie is making shit tons of money, too. And I don't think that it was necessarily assumed that that was going to happen with this. As a matter of fact, it seems like a lot of the 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 people who are trying to prognosticate how it was going to do... Were, complete, were saying they didn't think it was going to do too well, and that was completely wrong. Yeah. So, I mean, what else do you... Uh, and, and the fans are all into, you know, Scarlett Johansson as a Black Widow. They've been, ha had positive response pretty much since she showed up. There's a few people who say, oh, like, what is she... What is she 
she and Hawkeye doing in the in the in the Avengers or whatever because they're not as powerful or whatever. Well, I think it's but after we this see movie, a Widow and Hawkeye movie, which would like I would right. Too. You know what I want to see that I we're not going to see, but I think would be great is a Black Widow Daredevil movie because they hooked up for mm. a while. They yeah. were so uh, I think that would be and in the style of like the Wolverine, you know, is a more gritty on this on the streets of New York. I suspect they're probably good. they'll probably go for Elektra in the in the Daredevil series. I almost yeah. guarantee it. Yeah, well, because it, it, isn't that stuff taking place in more in the seventies? The TV shows are going to do on Netflix, or uh, I don't think I don't so. Know. I don't think they'd with that many properties. I don't think they'd want to hobble themselves like that. Because if they go like mm. Gangbusters, you'll see. You know, yeah, that's, that's why true. they're already rumoring at people like the guy who played Dexter for Daredevil because I think they want somebody they can slide into the films if he they would want be, to. He would be a good Matt Murdock. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. he would. He's like, I think he's like 43-ish. But he's got that is, boyish face, so yeah, he, can, he looks a lot younger. It's great that Marvel isn't afraid to cast a little older like that. It makes friggin' sense. You know, you're not going to have a 19-year-old who's a lawyer who's also right. a well-trained superhero. <laughs> right. Doogie, uh, Doogie, go for a thirty. Doogie Daredevil. Old. Yeah, Doogie Daredevil. Exactly. <laughs> you see, it's so weird. You, uh, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, I think forty might be a little old for it, only because you want to be able to do, well, for the TV show, you want to be able to do several seasons. Right. And and uh, you know, he's gonna start to get up there for for believability. So I w- I would have looked for somebody more in the thirty three to thirty five year old range. Yeah, and Marvel Disney is gonna be thinking that way too you know they're looking at franchises all you know. like chris tyler would he cri- he could be daredevil oh Why definitely not? yeah <laughs> the hair metal daredevil Anything he puts his mind to and will <laughs> <laughs> yeah i it, it it's just if 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 not if there's not enough markers for the studio to say yeah i think a black widow movie would do really well i don't know what you know what else would have to be fall into place to make them go like ah, okay i have confidence that this well, character you guys, would do a good movie you guys were saying earlier that that the hulk was big in the avengers which he was but it was scarlett johansson's character that brought him that went out and got him and brought him to the avengers and it was her that tricked Loki into revealing she, I mean, she had a big role to play in that movie yeah. in hindsight. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I mentioned the Hulk only from the perspective of when the movie was done, mm-hmm. he was the breakout star that people yeah, were people saying. People were like, yeah, yeah. All the scenes with the Hulk were great. Uh, it's yeah. mostly mm-hmm. Ruffalo's, you know, portrayal of Banner. I think that got well, the pr- well, that and the comedy with the puny God and, mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, you put Ang Lee on, I will go right to sleep. Actually, the Hulk got the scenes, the, the you know, the scene that brought the roof down in yeah. the movie. The, it was the Hulk. Oh, yeah. That, that did the best, that scene. You know, that's going to be. Yes, that, that had people screaming and applauding at their feet, on their feet. I, yeah. I, but, yeah, I, I, but um, Black Widow has run through this continuity so much more than the Hulk has and doesn't have that, that history of like, you know, now three Hulks, you know, three banners and, and all that. 
so I just see it as more of a natural. Maybe if the the um, the last Hulk movie with um, Norton in it, Hey Norton, was <laughs> had made a lot of money, plus the Avengers, right, could have gotten a Hulk movie. Mind you, of all of everything, I would want a Hulk movie more than anything else. Yeah. I love. I loved the last one. Yeah, I loved all too. the Hulk movies, actually. Even the, in the Hulk TV show, I just loved the Hulk. Yeah. So I, I would go to see the it. Angly one. But um, I don't know. I think maybe Marvel. I hope Marvel. There's been pressure on them. I mean, the, and particularly since I mean, if there's any real sense of rivalry between them and the DC, you know. Yeah, they're beating Wonder Woman to the to this big screen with a. a laser firing raccoon but they'd love to i'm sure have the first major superhero female movie too that not to mention that you know black widow as a movie would be a hell of a lot cheaper than wonder woman or the hulk yeah mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. it could be well it depends on what what direction they want to go go to with the story yeah. now well it, if you're just comparing it to the hulk you don't the Hulk will show up in a Hulk movie. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's a big expense right yes. there. Yeah, if yeah. If you have everything else exactly the same, Black Widow's cheaper. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and when the Hulk shows up, it's it's a lot of money to animate him, and it's going to mm -hmm. be a lot of money well, to animate Black the Widow's destruction. Black Widow's cheaper depending on what Scarlett Johansson is getting paid these days. I think that would be the biggest expense <laughs> yeah. in the movie because it would right. be mostly I, – I would think it would be a spy thriller, you know. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. how you do it. And uh, Well, you know – I would pay them to let me help uh, put her costume on. <laughs> sure you would. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Motherfucking Natasha Romanoff, man. She is freaking amazing. Uh, apparently there's a year? movie where she's an alien and she's mostly naked. Yeah. And Plus there's one where she's what, what, a drug what? mule. Yeah, super powered. Yeah, those both mm -hmm. are pretty interesting. Under the skin and I'm not sure what the other one. Her, I think. Her, Wait, her. Paul, Paul heard naked. Yeah. Well, the, the one where she's the drug mule, or no, that, that it's just a name. It's like a, a Lucy. 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 That's right. That's right. Yeah. Her was the one where she was just a disembodied voice of the guy's iPhone that yeah, he right. falls yeah. in love with. Yeah, no, Lucy's that's not Lucy. Son too. So it's just gonna be yeah, that shit crazy. That, that could be. That could. If that movie does good, that could be a little maybe test the waters of a Scarlett Johansson led super super spy thriller although this movie is more science fiction but it's the same sort of idea it's her kicking everybody's ass yeah. well yeah because you, you you saw the preview for that before the cat movie right i did yes yes, yes. i mean so basically she's deathstroke from the dc universe she's using because this drug that's in her body that she's carrying is allowing her to use more of her brain capacity although in different ways in death because deathstroke could use what 90 percent of his brain capacity and then in this movie, she's using like she's up to like forty eight percent, and she can she can read electronic signals in the air and pluck them out of the air and intercept them. I thought that was cool. Yeah, she seems to be like manipulating time and space towards the end too. Yeah. So that should oh yeah, that should be fun. So it's almost like a hyperkinetic version of maybe Run Lola Run mixed with Where No Man Has Gone Before, with a dash of the Matrix. Kira, yeah. <laughs> I, Bassan, I like Bassan as a filmmaker. He's definitely not a boring filmmaker, no. so that should be uh, that should be really interesting. But uh, yeah, I, I, had some I think we're trying to make up for. I think we're trying to make up for 
all the hopes gushing over the, <laughs> the, dreamy, yeah. the dreamy ones. Although Scarlet was actually um, not as scantily dressed in this one as like the no, like on the ship sequence, her clothes were actually looked a little baggy. Yeah. I don't know if that's like how close is she? She's she's pregnant right now. I don't know when they filmed yeah, no, this. How, how far along she was? Because they're making do for it with the new oh, okay. movie that's shooting now. Apparently, that may have a. Uh... Have repercussions for the filming of the Avengers movie, though. Yeah, no, they. I've read articles that say Joss has got that shit. So they're they, working in the. They're script. shooting her now, basically, and just getting her stuff out of the way, and they'll body double it and over the shoulder angle it, and CG stuff like it. that. Yeah. yeah. But um. We have the skills. We have the technology. See, I also I I love throwing out the ideas of like they should make a this movie and they should make a, a Hulk movie and this that movie, but they seem it seems to be they maybe they shouldn't do them just willy nilly because they they are really putting a lot of planning into this. They say they've got stuff planned to what is it twenty twenty eight or something? Ridiculous. It's something wow. way out there, yeah. It's just like I I, I mean <laughs> that's that's what's I've. I've heard a lot of complaints. Like I was reading a review of this movie from a, a contrarian um, movie reviewer who's in a local paper here, and basically, if everybody else likes it, he hates it. If they all hate it, he loves it. So he hates Captain America. And he's like, "This is the state of film in America. This is not a movie." And in a way, I agree with him. And is this is not a normal movie? It's it, it's it's actually one of the more normal movie movies of the Marvel universe, really, yeah. because it fits in right. that spy thriller mold so well. The paranoid spy thriller, you know, it could be any you know Manchurian Candidate style or Born or whatever, or any or Three Days of the Condor yeah. or any of that. But at the same time, it's almost like they've invented their own thing, which is the Marvel movie. Yeah. And, and you can bring a bunch of directors in, and they can put their style on it. And in Joss Whedon, I mean, right now, Joss Whedon's sort of the equivalent of like bringing like Spielberg in in the 80s or something. So he has more of an effect on them, but they're still, they're all Marvel movies. And the yeah. weaker ones are still made stronger by the other movies and with with this one especially with the world building and and now going back and watching him and seeing the black widow in the earlier movies you're going to be paying more attention to what she's doing mm -hmm. and and oh, saying yeah. and so each new movie is enhancing the movies that were before it and it's it's kind of a new thing in cinema i think it might be i think i don't think i think other n not just like dc but even people who are not comic related should pay attention to this because it seems like this is a sort of a, a way of entertaining people that people want that maybe nobody knew that they wanted. Yeah, I've heard Kevin Feige say almost the same thing in some interviews. Basically, he's like, we don't make superhero movies. We take a spy thriller and build it around a world that has superheroes. And it's just like... So that's not a big thing. So it's like, you know, you don't have to have the scenes of people going, "Holy fucking shit, they're superheroes!" Yeah, what are they Although doing? You have that too. People are flying. What? What the hell is that all about? Yeah, yeah. and I always liked it mm -hmm. when you explore that in a story. Um, you know, I think it's a great exploration. But they don't seem to apologize too much for not doing a lot of it, and they. 
do just enough of it. They just have the rhythm down so so well. That's why it felt like such a even consistent rhythm between the Avengers and and Winter Soldier. It was just the pacing. It seemed well, the pacing actually got better. I mean, it was just I don't know. They just they got something good going, which is why they think you know it's pretty goddamn arrogant to say okay we can we're gonna do this till twenty twenty eight. At this point, I'm kind of believing him because I remember oh, yeah, when they too. were talking about the Avengers four years before the movie came out, and I'm like, oh, come on, it's four years down the line. There's so many train crashes that can happen between now and then, and they actually delivered, and that's a rare thing. And people lament that you know Marvel Studios doesn't have like the Fantastic Four and X-Men, but the Avengers is actually like the perfect group to fit this model because they were always changing rosters. So you don't have to have Tony Stark in it until he's 70, you know, which, you know, they're going to keep Robert as long as they can, I'm sure. But eventually he's going to have to give up the iron suit or they're just going to have to write Iron Man out. But yeah. like the Fantastic Four, well, you how... can't not have it be Reed Richards, you know, Sue Storm and, I, and the that... rest for too long until people aren't feeling like it's the Fantastic Four. Anymore. Well, that's interesting. What do you guys think? Do you <laughs> think they might like if, I mean, going to 2028, are they going to try to, like, m work the continuity as if it's a real timeline? So when, you know, people start, when Tony Stark's too old to be in the suit, are they going to have a storyline where somebody else ends up being, you know, Iron Man, which they've done in the comics? Yeah. Or are they going to just pr do, you know, the normal thing? I mean, where they just pretend that it's the same person to put in someone new and keep going that, so even if kinda, it's 20 years later people haven't aged at all well it's that's just... been why the x-men continuity in films has been kind of fucked up is because not so much replacing actors but just not specifying a timeline at all they're always like you know in the near future or whatever yeah but i mean we have very specific timelines for the mcu because it's like iron man 3 i think was supposed to take place like a year or maybe two after the avengers and winter soldier is i think they're basically spacing the timeline as when the movies come out it's almost like the same amount of time between releases and and the movie timeline which is yeah. pretty brilliant really i mean i would like to see them at least acknowledge it you know i'm i'm one of those people that i want my comic book characters to age yeah you know it's yeah. not not the same as reality but you know at least you know get older and if they can keep the same actors and acknowledge that and <laughs> you end up with an old guard of you know the original Iron Man now coaching the new Iron Man yeah, which, yeah and if you have would... to in Avengers 6 have you know pay Robert Downey Jr. 10 million bucks to come back and do 15 minutes or whatever, you know. I, I don't think you're going to see that. I think you, as these actors age out, I think you're going to see them replaced by younger people playing the same role. Uh, maybe in some cases, probably in Iron Man because he's the easy and probably, and, well, I mean, they've got it kind of set up. I think they can have other people be Captain America. Um, see, my, my thing is, I think, jump the shark time, I'm and or or I'm sort of hoping it might happen is when it plays out, reboot, yeah. reboot the whole universe mm. time, which could be disaster or it could be fine depending on the time and who's in charge and what all that. But 
Marvel I, has a lot of characters, and as long as the form, if Galaxy, it, you know, Guardians it, of the Galaxy is, it would be so wonderful in twenty twenty eight if it at the end of Machine Avengers twelve they say <laughs> okay, peace out, we're done, and they manage to get to like Avengers twelve without really sucking, you know, jumping the shark. That would be such a great accomplishment. Yeah. I want to see another. I want to see a new goddamn Howard the Duck movie. And <laughs> yeah, the Fox probably dream still on has with them, that, yeah. Howard the Duck. <laughs> Why not? If Guardians works, man, they can do anything. Thomas Dolby's <laughs> alive. They could still get him back. Son to of the Satan soundtrack. movie. Damon Hellstrom. I'm played by Vigo Mortensen. I'm know. not a big Doctor <laughs> Strange reader, and this is weird, but I kind of am psyched for the possibility of Doctor Strange. Most definitely. As long as such anybody a great fucking Johnny Depp, I'm saying it right now. <laughs> I riot. Johnny Depp. Could I love play Johnny Depp. He could Strange. actually, as long as he behaves himself and yeah. does the character as it's written, and it should be written like well, not see, Johnny the thing, Depp. Characters. Yeah, but the thing with Johnny Depp is Johnny Depp kind of misbehaves when he's with um, Disney. Well, he, he, <laughs> no, when he's with his friend. When he's with Tim Burton, yeah, and Tim Burton is his uh, eggs him on and is his en- enabler, and gets him, you know, and in the other places where he overacts, it usually pre- it usually works pretty well, like Pirates of the Caribbean, like Fear and Loathing, Las Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas <laughs> for sure. That well, wasn't really Dr. overacting. Well, no, you're if playing Hunter you're Thompson. You're playing though, Hunter Thompson, right. He was probably yeah, dialing it back a little. Yeah. <laughs> Doctor Strange, you shouldn't be overacting for. No. Doctor Strange, you have to play straight. Yeah, yeah I think you got to go kind of dark on that one. Yeah, you got to really go calm, go. calm well, dignity. Yeah. I've heard that the guy that plays on uh, that plays Hannibal Lecter on the Hannibal NBC show, the guy that played the chief in um, Casino Royale, Oh yeah, I'd be alright. Is kind of tagged, or is a possibility for Doctor Strange. He's yeah. a kind of weird looking guy, and you put the the facial hair on him, and it could. I I see how it could work. Yeah. Well, yeah, because he was in one of the Musketeer movies um, as a as a villain, and he had that kind of that kind of goatee Doctor Strange look to him, and he was also in um, Clash of the Titans. Was uh he was in that too. He was as unforgettable as the rest I, of it. Yeah, I remember <laughs> about that movie. I watched it and was like, he... Yeah. Well, you know, the remake, I'm assuming. Dumbledore yeah. was in it, wasn't he? I Qui-Gon? Yeah, I think that, yeah. Qui-Gon Zeus? Qui-Gon yeah. Zeus. <laughs> Dumbledore death. Or no, uh, Voldemort. <laughs> but uh, since we're all gushy, does anybody... What, let's, let's discuss... Let's get a little oh. negative here and discuss a few of the... Well, we had before I forget. Well, well, I don't know if we could count this as a negative, but it it didn't take me out of the movie. But did you catch what was on Nick Fury's tombstone? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, Yeah. Ezekiel. Ezekiel. (laughs) Yeah. Easter eggs were a plenty. (laughs) And they're fine. Well, well, yeah. um, What other Easter eggs? We had Brock Lumlow. um, Crossbones. Crossbones. Yeah. Because they cart his body away at the end, he's all burnt up. I mean, right down to Alexander Pierce had a bottle of fucking Newman's own dressing in his fridge, apparently. Oh yeah, yeah. I, didn't I catch heard that, that myself. I didn't catch I that. <laughs> well, and uh, what was it? 
age of 13. Oh, yeah, was, uh, right, probably. Uh, most of the stuff is just lost. Uh, the Newman's dressing one is the one that I would have been most likely yeah. to uh, to catch, you know. And I often have to have the post credit scenes explained to me too. Mm. So see, I don't have a lot of experience with Captain America in the comics, but I mean, I've like, well, he, my short history of comic collecting is I mostly bought X Men, but I would like. Buy well, did you know else who that would tell me about the other titles? And once the internet hit, then did I you know who Batrock was? What? Did you know? Did you know who uh, Batrock was? Yeah, yeah, I did. Batrock the Leaper, but yeah, that was great. Yeah, in, I mean, let's, in, that's in how good comic, this movie is. It made Batrock the Leaper a believable character. Yeah, and he, he wasn't was, a joke. <laughs> no, and he was standing his own with Cap with you yeah, know, he seven, as he probably would in the comics. They toned down. They even had him wear his costume. They just toned it down. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. he he didn't have the um, the mustache. No. Well, you know, the, but he should have. That he should have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean, people have those. Why not? I see, Captain. We meet again. I just noticed that the two people with mustaches seem to like react the most affirmatively on that line. <laughs> <laughs> What are you trying to say? <laughs> I'm absolutely indifferent about the mustache, really. But oh, that's right. You have a mustache. Oh, man. I'm in the minority here. Actually, aren't you the only one without Chris? I think he is, yeah. Wait. It's beyond minority. You're the sole survivor. Did anybody catch the Gary Sinise cameo? Yeah, uh, the no. voiceover. Mm-hmm. I missed that. When was that? What? He, he was, was the, the voiceover in the Smithsonian. No way. Oh. Yeah. I did not know that. Excellent. I wouldn't have noticed that. Me either. Uh, just before I forget, um, I would still do Jenny a gutter. I don't care. <laughs> oh yeah. Just want to put that out there and just it was on good principle. to see her, and it was even more kind of erotic in a weird way seeing her turn into the Black Widow. Yeah, you've got Jenny Agutter's face it. on Scarlett Johansson's body. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> That satisfies pretty much uh, fantasies in every decade of my life. So. I didn't recognize her till the credits. No, I didn't recognize her during the movies, and I saw her in the credits. So I was just like, "Oh, geez, I would have been paid." That's why I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing this again and and getting more. It was one of those movies where watching it, I was getting kind of pumped up. So it's a little bit of a blur to me in a lot of ways. So if if I could have one piece of technology from this movie, it would be the minigun from Nick Fury's SUV from oh, a morning oh, commute. Yes. Oh, no kidding. Uh, except I'd use it on day one. and I'd... <laughs> Holy cow, man, the armor on that thing. Well, I thought for sure when they punched the window that the window was going to punch out and it just bounces off. I'm like, holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> that that whole sequence. I just... Armor integrity, 60%. I Dong, just... <laughs> armor integrity. <laughs> wait, wait. I that Sorry. sequence was just so well played, so well edited. I was I'm I'm not used to chase scenes being exciting anymore. The, it, the, and mm-hmm. and it's mostly due to shaky cam. It's mostly due to filmmakers who don't want who who either don't know how to or don't want to take the work of blocking out the action so that you see it in the way um, it happens 
and they they're guilty of the shaky cam a lot during Scarlett Johansson's attacks. Mm-hmm. Maybe that might be because they had to use a lot of like acrobatic stunt doubles and stuff. But um, for the most part, like the shaky cam people always do those re- really tight close ups, moving camera and stuff. So you'll see a character take someone out, but all you see is a flurry of hands and arms mm-hmm. and things connecting, and then the person's down. And you don't really know what happened. You don't know how the guy got his hands and arms in all that place. And I hate that. It's so lazy. I feel like when they did use it in this movie, though, they knew where to point the goddamn thing. Because, like, scenes where, I mean, you've got to do a quick cut on stuff like when Sebastian Stan is flipping the knife and you know, stuff like that. But they just knew right where to go. Well, there's a lot you of know? opportunity for whip cuts because you got the shield getting thrown around. Yeah, there, yeah, there's a difference between shaky cam and quick cutting. Yes. Right. You know, if you keep the camera steady and then just cut, 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 it's different than... Oh, there's the action. Let me pretend I have Tourette's. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now I do have experience in such things. I like the I like the way they powered up his arm. Oh when yeah. Go use it. Would kind of crank itself down. Yeah. Interesting choice on the music when he had uh, scenes. Like the that wah, screeching wah. sound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I never I never heard anything that. quite like that before. <laughs> Did anyone else notice the uh, the Star Trek design uh, mentality with the helicarriers? Let's put our most vulnerable thing on the outside of the ship, and oh, let's cover it in glass. Oh yeah, right, yeah, the bottom glass dome. Yeah, oh, yeah. Kinda... The computer that controls everything is right here. Please shoot at it. Mm. Or here's an easy access point. You know, it's like the exhaust port and the deck. Death stars like oh, right. Falcon <laughs> just fly right in there. And... Just, just to be a devil's advocate, <laughs> but I think they had that whole mentality of they were gonna they they were gonna be at the top of the food chain with that, so yeah. they could sort of be yeah. a little uh, decadent with that because anything coming near it, they've got 10, oh, yeah. 10 million guns on the bottom well, of it. So. Sure, that was the, the justification well, how... of the engineers of the Death Star too. That's the no prize, definitely. <laughs> how about the elevator fight scene? Oh, oh, that was great. Just ridiculous. Just Before we begin, does anyone want to get off? Ridiculously good. <laughs> I liked and it. It was it was so and 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 that's another scene that could have been totally um, done in 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 shaky shaky cam, super fast edits, and it was fairly quick edits. But you saw what he was doing. It's mm-hmm. it, I'm not the, It's not the skill of say Jackie Chan, but it's the same sort of thing when they filmed a Jackie Chan movie the cameraman was really concerned with getting the whole of both actors so you could see them doing what they were doing and how they took each other out and now that a lot of it and I imagine that scene was very um, there was a lot of CG and a lot of studio work done on it but it still had the feel of a, of a <laughs> scene that was not like that. That was just shot old fashioned style, you know, we're gonna we're gonna choreograph this fight scene and carry it out in the elevator in real time and figure out how to film it, you know, or mm-hmm. maybe in pieces, but it's a basically a real time fight, you know, a sequential fight. And although they probably don't work that way anymore, they made it look like one of those and that made a huge difference to me. That was I was 
really enjoyed it because you get a feel for it. You get a feel for being there and in the middle of it. And uh, I, I, I just love that. And the build up to that scene was just really well done to they, they, they were very good at having you just a little bit ahead of when Captain America reveals he knows what's up. You know, he they, they oh, yeah, because the guys all all the guys get on. The guys are sweating. One guy's got his hand on his gun. So, yeah. you know, and then Cap starts to see all this and that's when he, you know, spouts his line. But that whole scene when he jumped out of the window and landed on his shield, that was I remember that kind of being straight out of Civil War. Really? Uh, did you read that, Paul? Yes. Yes, and I did. Isn't there a scene where he jumps out, out out a window, but then he lands on a jet, I think, and he takes off. I, I don't specifically the remember. Yeah, it's I, it's been a while. But uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring the room down just a little bit because we're all just gushing. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, I just I brought well, up like, yeah. hey, let's talk about some of our down points. Well, yeah. And yeah, then, then we went to a new round of Anybody have any fecal Sorry, flaws here? I do have a fecal flaw, but go ahead, Paul. Well, my my first one would just be that the the whole plot by Hydra just seems kind of dumb. <laughs> uh, you know, they they've managed to stay hidden and to build a huge power base behind the scenes and for seventy years. What's that? And even save the world a few times. Mm-hmm. And 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 now they're gonna, you know, when they're finally gonna come out and make their triumphant uh, announcement, they're gonna kill twenty million people, and that's gonna make everybody else in the world say, "Okay, you could be in charge now." I, Meanwhile, l- little by little, they were taking charge behind I, the scenes. Why wouldn't they just continue to do that? That's, that's a good supervillain plot. I mean, that's that's. It just that... seems kind of dumb. I don't know. Well, because in their mind, by their by their algorithm, <laughs> they figure that nobody. Well, when they take out those twenty million, yeah, they will no, take in Everybody else is just going to be shit yeah. and go along. Yeah, yeah, there won't but, be any Avengers around. They'll still have their big army. And, and don't you just, think yeah. everybody in the movie theater was thinking, "Oh, I bet you they would have had one of those trained on me." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because oh, wow. I'm a no, troublemaker. Not at all. Because they know I'm a sheep, and that that I would just go along with the uh, Hell Hydra. That's fine. <laughs> Hi, Hi. Welcome, our Hydra overlord. Yes. Hi, for one. Welcome. <laughs> uh, I uh, I was a little surprised, not that he's a, a significant character in any way, shape, or form, but that they, that they took an existing Marvel character like Jasper Sitwell and turned him into a Hydra turncoat. And apparently killed him. Which And killed him. Yeah. Um, I've actually read things where the actors like, Please bring me back too. You brought back Colson. I, I think he's a little afraid for his his future employment prospects. But I hope they don't bring him back because everybody fucking comes back. It's the Marvel Universe, so let's just yeah. kill somebody for good. Somebody's gotta once. die at least. Uh, apparently, once. Alexander Pierce is dead. I'd actually, I've had a new experience with this movie. Is that I went in thinking thought thought that I knew a spoiler, and it ended up not happening. So that, I don't think that's ever happened to me before. But I had read rumors that Pierce was going to end up being the Red Skull, which would make a certain amount of sense in the Captain America universe. Um, well, that's what we had said on the um, on the Cap episode we did, the Back to the Bins, that we thought he's either going to be... that He had to be a villain. Yeah. You know, whether he was going to be the 50s Cap, the Red Skull, or something else, he was going to be a villain. This is Redford's character? Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh well, you know, whenever they're playing a, if 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 it's a famous actor and he's playing a senator or something like that, they're always going to be bad. Oh, it was, because that, that was gives their, pretty much from yeah, the get-go. That, that I mean, gives their yeah. character flavor, so yeah. that's why they would be interested in it. Yeah. And there's just no from, way he's going to be like... And what good is just a good guy senator going to be right. in a movie anyway? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't really have to in be a In a superhero movie to, anyway. From what I heard from... That out. Um, from what I heard from another podcast... Yes, I listen to other podcasts. Um, that... They were talking about how Robert Redford, they got them for this. Apparently, Robert Redford went and asked to be in a Marvel movie. Yeah, it was one of his uh, nephews or something wanted to oh, okay. be in it. I think I read somewhere, some relative. And now he's a bad guy. Yeah. He's like yeah, little Bobby go. going to take him to the movie. And <laughs> yeah. He's... yeah, I'm not sure. Well, I don't know they how shot you. Was, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, now, get, getting back to the fecal flaws, uh... A scene that was kick-ass, but when you think about it, really doesn't make any sense, was the guy with the minigun shooting at Cap, and Cap just walking towards him with, with, with the shield, you know, with the bullets yeah. bouncing off the shield. All that guy had to do was train and shoot Cap right in the fucking feet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, why yeah. would you keep shooting at his shield? Oh, yeah, he's going to stop. Oh, screw this. I'm going to blow his legs out from under him. <laughs> and he's down. Movie's over. Go home, kids. Hey. World's fucked. <laughs> Caps in a wheelchair. <laughs> Caps in wheel. <laughs> He's popping wheelies. He's now a, an official member of the handicapped Avengers from Avengers Spotlight. Handicapped. <laughs> oh, very funny. <laughs> handicapped. He'll be I right there. Actually, has a sense about Pierce being Red Skull or not. Actually, part of me wishes that he had been. Just because that's such a great freaking character and it's like the iconic, you know, and I, I think maybe they probably thought about going that way at first. And then Hugo Weaving apparently had his little hissy fit and said he didn't want to play the part again. And maybe they yeah, changed but it, their minds, but mm-hmm. I think it's good that they, I would like to ask everyone if they feel the same way about kind of the Marvel Universe and that I've had enough Nazis and Hydra for a while and can't we have another kind of big shadowy villain group well with the after <laughs> credit sequence you're going to have baron strucker so. yeah we're stuck with hydra for a while and you're stuck with hydra on shield too yeah oh, yeah <laughs> yeah and we thanks about so. second season hopefully but i mean i i wish they had they kind of tied i'm hoping we see aim again eventually but they kind of tied that just to Aldrich uh, Killian and Nazis and Hydra III. are not going to get you in trouble. Uh, no, it's if a your good, enemy good is, solid if villain. If your enemy Hell is yeah. like terrorists or if your enemy is Russia, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, you know, someone, someone with a name that exists. Well, mad anybody. scientists are always good too, so give yeah. us advanced idea yeah, yeah. mechanics. Well, yeah. why not just Modoc. make what, <laughs> why not just put Latveria on the map or whatever, you know? Or, no, we can't use Latveria in this universe. Uh, oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Shit, yes. That's right. Or, so you know, some, some other version of it, you know. the riot and yeah. steal back the rights. Some, so, some country somewhere vaguely in Europe that is the center of all yeah. terror and world domination plots. Well, I'm waiting for Inhumans. I want to see some friggin' Inhumans in my Marvel Studios, that's for sure. Wouldn't that be tied to the Fantastic Four as well? No, apparently Probably. not. I've, I've read no? musings that they, they own them kind of separately. That. Mm. I'm not sure how, because that's pretty much where they started out, I think, isn't it? Unless they did were like Journey into Mystery or whatever those. No, were. I think they no, were. No, they started in, in the FF. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. 
Is that the group with the dog with the tuning yeah. fork? Lockjaw. Yeah. Lockjaw. Yeah. Lockjaw. What did I, I read on the, oh, What the hell did I read online the other day? Someone had like a fan wish casting for the thought. Oh, Nathan Fillion is, uh, you know, the thought process of, of Lockjaw. I'm like, yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if, 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 if Rocket Raccoon is a big hit, maybe they'll <laughs> start thinking about Lockjaw. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? But um, I don't know. Anybody else have any uh, negative Nelly statements? I think I think they could have put a, just a little bit more time on Winter Soldier. Not that it's very negative, but mm, Sebastian Stan, he's so pretty. Oh God, he needs just to get in my bed right now. Like he just doesn't even know how much I need him in my adult life. Yeah, yeah, that's my biggest. Like I said I would have rather seen. Just the Hydra plot in this one and, you know, random assassin slash henchman. You know, we could use any... Well, once again, pointing to our episode of Back to the Bins, yeah. uh, we did discuss that we kind of thought they were rushing to this storyline. Yeah, and maybe they need to because of Chris Evans' musings. Um, but, I don't know, it still seems to make sense to me to do a, a whole movie more devoted to, you know, a few well, more flashbacks about... We really only have, like, 15 minutes of screen time of him and Bucky together, even from the first movie. And so it's like, I don't know if they've sold the bond quite yet. Well, well it's yeah. weird as the title of the movie is The Winter Soldier, and... He's replaceable. He's interchangeable. Well, he's just sort of, he's not really the major no. um, element of the story at all. No. <laughs> well, because well, in... I've seen much more of the process of, of him happening and, you know... Well, in the comics, they they played him up more. Um, you know, he's a, if I remember correctly, he was suspected to be the actual assassinator of uh, or the assassin of JFK and other high level assassinations. That they 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 unfreeze him. That's why he's yeah. You know, the same age as Cap or w whatever. Um, that that they just unthaw him. That's why he's called the Winter Soldier for another reason. That they just bring him out to do. Because in the comics, it was the Soviets also that that had him, right. and not not Hydra, which is why he has a red star on his arm. Yeah, right. Yeah, we got nothing on that either, really. Did we in the movie? Uh, somewhere they vaguely mentioned that he'd worked for the Soviets. Well, because Scarlett Johansson was talking about running into him, but maybe mm -hmm. that's when she was working for the Soviets. I have to see it again to yeah, get. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Why would the Soviets? Would they require him to paint a? I can read. You're working for us. Must have red star. Well, I imagine it sounds like whoever <laughs> hire whoever would hire him would uh, put a little stamp on his would, shoulder. Well, he would work for. Oh, I don't. Yeah, so like the I superhero know. version of a it's, tramp stamp. Yeah, it could be a magnetic. <laughs> like NASCAR sponsorship. <laughs> I don't know. It's got a Mountain Dew sticker on there. <laughs> like seven hours. Red Bull. Yeah. Don't cola. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I need to assassinate. I drink Red Bull. Gives me wings. We need to see Arnim Zola back. Uh, oh, absolutely. My very limited Captain America experience. Well, and he could be because they had that the drive speaker. plugged in. They could yeah, have backed he, him up. Well, yeah. I need to see Arnim Zola make some weird ass biological creatures to attack Rocket Cap. <laughs> they need, I need to see Arnim Zola Dope create himself a humanoid body with the, the TV Dope screen TV. in the belly and then yeah. the lantana in his head. That was some of my first Captain America reading, and that was trippy as hell, and I want to see it on screen. <laughs> yeah, 
You think we could see a MODOK? You think they could pull that I off? Think they, I, I really think thought that's where they might be going on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the whole clairvoyant, clairvoyant thing, and it would make sense. Well, they sense. still could. I mean, although, I mean, should we spoil that with what's going on with that? Yeah, or? let's actually, let's talk a little bit before we wind this up. Let's talk a little bit about <laughs> the Agent. I, I don't, I, I only saw the first episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but, uh, yeah, let's All talk right. about there, uh, how There's a lot of people that. who who here has watched it all the way through I have, all the episodes. And I, I want to rant just for a second. Okay. I am officially kind of pissed at Marvel Cinematic Universe fans if they're not watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Because it's like unprecedented shit that we have a Marvel show on TV that ties into movies on a weekly basis sometimes and not enough people are supporting it. Apparently the whole... Winter Soldier tie-in actually lost ratings, and yeah, it did. <laughs> it's just wrong. You know, we have well, great up and, up toys until, being made for us, and we should support them. Up until the last two or three episodes, I kind of felt the show was plodding along. I kept staying with it based on potential, but it wasn't really exciting me at all. The all last right. two or three episodes, it's picked up a lot. <laughs> Look, no, I, most, just, I get that, Paul, but I think... I don't know. I just try to look at it differently, and and they've explained kind of that they had to do that. That they, Winter Soldier was pretty much mapped out plot wise before AOS even started filming. So they're like, we know we're going into our first season, and by the end of our season, we're not going to the thing that our show is named after isn't even going to exist anymore, and we can't tell anybody except for little breadcrumbs along the way. So. Unfortunately, well, their hands that means are... they can't write quality stuff. I think outside they did, though. I feel like they did, and I feel like they they followed some good plot lines. That you know, so one ended up with Deathlock. That's not completely tied in with the whole. High Again, show. that's like in the last three weeks. <laughs> oh, but no, see, like I said, I, I mean, they had Deathlock was the very been... first. Yeah, he he was the yeah. first. Yeah, that that whole thing with the centipede program, which has led into. You know where they are with Deathlock, which that's... also had some extremist stuff going. Centipede and extremist is like very close, apparently, or that's what I got from it. Yeah, it, it centipede is based on the extremist right. stuff, and then Deathlock grew out of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but even though his character was introduced in the first episode, he's only been Deathlock for a few weeks. Yeah, and I'm actually right. of, I know he's like a big Whedon alum. And all, but I'm not actually a big fan of that actor for some reason. I don't know why. He's just not selling it to me. Yeah, he was he, he was in the uh, like the second season on, I think, of Angel. Right. Which I've watched a couple jo- Joss Whedon shows, uh, Buffy and and Angel. I didn't watch. Um, you know, I watched Fi- uh, Firefly. Mm-hmm. Um, one I didn't watch was uh, Dollhouse. But most of the first seasons of his shows don't people don't respond well to them, and I think that's because he takes so much time to build the characters that people don't want to be patient. And I'm not saying anybody here that said that they didn't like it is being impatient. It's just I think just the I'm way, being impatient. Yeah, well, <laughs> you, you're the producer. You want things to produce. You want action, baby. You want things to flow. But um, it. it it has been slow going and you know, you're like, God, when is this going to get going? But now towards the end of the first season and with the tie into this movie, I think it's finally starting to kick off, but now a lot of people aren't watching it. But I think that ABC will probably 
renew this for a second season if they already <laughs> have it. I don't see why they wouldn't, because even if it's not getting huge ratings, it's still synergy. It's still part of good marketing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, someone happens to catch it accidentally on TV and well, watches it and land like, holy shit, they just said Iron Man. That's what, what I'm thinking. If they're not if they're not making as much money on it, or or make even making money on it, you might just want to let the movies absorb that, you know. Yeah. And and use it as yeah a publicity tool. Yeah, but if you use that logic, then they should charge next to nothing for the comics. <laughs> because you, <laughs> and they yeah. don't. Well, I still want my prequel <laughs> comics handed to my ass, you know, when I go to the ticket booth, but no one's doing it yet. Yeah, I, I wouldn't yeah. hold my breath on that. <laughs> Read this before you go in. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, the show where it's at now, I don't know, um, who, who said they've only seen the first one? You, Chris? Me. Yeah. Okay. Do you care about being spoiled? No. You find out that one of their agents on their team is a Hydra agent. I won't say who, but also you see Coulson having to deal with this. Um, you know, someone who's very close to him ends up being a Hydra agent. And it kind of mirrors Fury and Alexander Pierce's relationship um, in a way when it comes to Coulson and this other person. Because it's someone, like I said, it's someone he's really close to. And um, he actually has a really great line where he's talking with May. And May goes, you know, like, hey, we're friends. And he goes, no, no one's friends right now. We're allies, but we are not friends. And it's a really great Colton moment. Though I have to, once again, like I wonder with Sitwell, I'm wondering if this agent on his team is actually truly a Hydra agent. I'm wondering if they're trying to pull the wool over our eyes on that one. Though uh, the only thing I have to question is Sky was with a hacking group called Rise Against the Tide. And she almost succeeds in hacking Shield. Like they could, she could have found out about Hydra in Episode One if they didn't stop her. But I'm wondering if that was Hydra trying to stop her and keep her from finding out. Because Sitwell is in Episode One, and he is and kind of involved with finding Sky. So I'm wondering how much uh, Sky might have truly found out. But the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode is absolutely amazing. I highly recommend it. Um, if you haven't watched S.H.I.E.L.D., go watch it. The first five, six episodes are a little bit slow. But when they you, they actually really get into it. like the- Well, the two episodes surrounding Winter Soldier, I mean, they're... Yeah, the one before has uh, Sitwell is in it. And this is how it ties into the movie. He says he ha- has a boat to catch. Yeah. So then you see him in the movie, and you know that's kind of the it's like direct tie-in, type stuff. But they've been building up all through this season, well, the only season that they've been going after a character called the Clairvoyant, who seems to know so much about Shield. And at one point, they thought, and they they believed they had cornered a guy who played by Brad Dorf, who always plays a freak, that that he was the quote unquote clairvoyant he had esp he could read people's minds and he was was trying to figure out how colson had died and through what means or or how he was resurrected and they've also that's been the other plot line like the whole thing about tahiti and how colson survived his death is amazing which they've now come out and explained somewhat in a roundabout way aliens and seriously like they're introducing the kree in this tv show <laughs> Cree, specifically the yes, Cree. Well, do you think that's Cree or that's, I guess uh, I think the actress that plays Sky actually dumped that. Yeah, actually. Like, oh, did she? Because I wasn't sure if they were going to say that it was a, uh, you know, one of Namor's people, an Atlantean. 
because because they're big. That Universal owns it. Oh, mm, mm, I have a crap. lot of time on my hands, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> what about five episodes ago? They introduced um, our uh, our buddy Bill Paxton as a mm-hmm. character. Yeah, and he was um, Clark uh, Clark Gregg, Greg Clark, Clark Gregg. Yeah. Anyway, he was Coulson's buddy uh, from way back in the day. And they've been going after the clairvoyant together. But then, basically, just to spoil it, it seems right now that the clairvoyant, they kind of figure out that it wasn't a guy with ESP, that it had to have been a high-ranking S.H.I.E.L.D. member. And they figure out through Bill Paxton stumbling over what he's saying that Bill Paxton seems to be the clairvoyant. Would you agree with that? Yes. There, Scott? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I think he might be another red herring in a way. Well, that's what I'm. Th- that's what I think. I don't know if he's he, he, but that's what they're playing up now that he's the clairvoyant, yeah. and that they've had a turncoat in Coulson's team all along, which I didn't really see that coming. I didn't either. Uh, no, not at all. I'm not sure they won't retcon it too. I think he might be. You know, I have my. I saw the Victoria Hand thing coming to where she where she was posing as Hydra. To test somebody's loyalty, I'm like, nah, this is a trick. She's not Hydra. Yeah. And then, you know, she was rooting people out who was on Shield, who was on Hydra side, which I don't think Shield's going to go away. No, Even I some, suspect. I mean, you know, actually, Fury and Maria Hill are both supposed to show up in the last five episodes somewhere. Yeah, but isn't didn't Maria Hill at the end of Winter Soldier? Wasn't she applying for work at Stark? Yeah. So that doesn't mean know. she's still not working undercover with what's left of Shield because right. in the. In the Agents of Shield, they're going out and they're trying to now round up and and recapture or save as many assets as they can. Right, they're basically and, trying to secure the fridge where all the superpowered people are. That they yeah, which is unfortunately when, when they left off uh, last Tuesday was where they were flying, where they were flying um, Bill Paxton to, who then uh, gravitons in that for fuck's sake. Graviton, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> no, that ain't small potatoes. <laughs> You need well, the Avengers so, for someone like him. <laughs> well, who who's the guy that was controlling the weather? What was uh, Blizzard? Blizzard, yeah. In, so did, did, didn't they send him there too? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. so. so. You got Blizzard and Graviton, yeah, and, and all mean, the other. You got to know that the nerds will be on him, man. They got to revisit that shit somehow. Maybe in the second season, but yeah, we ain't gonna just let that lie. We got... I mean, there's there's a lot of tie-ins, and I would suspect that you could see. Uh, Crossbones could show up in Shield next ne- next season. Oh, they're saying Agent Carter could too. I mean, she's actually mm-hmm. I think she's on a TV show on the same network, so it's like Yeah, she's on oh, the show Re- Revenge, I think is the show she's on. So So I think I mean if it does get a second season, man, I think people should rally behind it. It's got it just I mean well, it's it's been lagging a little behind CSI, which really isn't bad. And I I guess they p- pick up a lot of numbers on people watching on DVRs and downloading it later. Yeah, I don't think but ABC's got much in the way of TV ratings anyway. So, I mean, I don't think they're going to... I think it's actually up there on their in their stable. Mm-hmm. So, I think it'll see a second season. I think, as I said, I think as Chris... Me and Chris have had this whole talk about, like, even if Guardians of the Galaxy tanks, it's not like that's going to crush things. That's not no. going to end the studio all of a sudden. If Iron Man 1 had tanked, there would be no Marvel Studios. 
But I right. think there's a lot of people that are waiting for something to tank. And yeah, there was a podcast I was on a while ago where I had said I was on one with Trennis Magnus. Uh, we had talked about movies and that I don't see the where this could keep going. I mean, I, it baffles me. It's gone this far, but I mean, the, and now you now, now you guys are saying this whole t- 2028 thing. I, I don't see that. I don't see. I mean, that's right. That's what I said, but I didn't see the Avengers <laughs> being good either. Well, many, but well, like a long time. Well, like I brought up then, you know, movies go and you know, genres seem to go in waves. You know, you had the Western, you had the crime, the crime noir. Now we're in comic book movies. So there's going to be has to be the public consciousness is going to latch on to something else. And, you know. Will this last till 2028? Well, well, hopefully, fuck, hopefully I'll last till 2028. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll be, they better stop making Marvel movies before I die, that's all. Oh, shit, that's only 14 years. God damn it. Yeah, 14 years, so that's I like, better last till 2028. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing to yourself, Bill? <laughs> I don't know. But all right, well, I guess I've babbled enough about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. If you're not watching it, fucking watch it. I agree. It's, you know, yes. my big beef has been, and I know all all shows have to do this, but ABC has just chopped up when that thing's been on, putting out two shows, oh, taking two off. weeks off, yeah. one show, four weeks off. It hasn't but helped they, it. But yet they take Once Upon a Fucking Time, which is another show I watch and I enjoy, they do basically a half a season stop and do half a season. Now, maybe they couldn't do that because they had to time it to release with right. Winter Soldier. And I see that now, yeah. and I understand that. And, and unfortunately, that's... it's always going to be subject to shit like that and not yeah. being able to give away too much. But, I mean, in the moments when it can be, like, really tied into the bigger universe, I think it's it's going to be freaking spectacular. And they just have to find a way to make it spectacular all the time. You know? Yeah. So and it's ours, and we should support it. Well, you see, I... <laughs> it, I am in the middle with that because i i haven't watched this yeah. one so i don't know what this but like well, if, I get, if i an, get i'm an easy lay anyway if you i put get a superhero right. up on the screen <laughs> if i get six, my money, so. if i get six or eight episodes into it and i'm not digging it i just but from time only... i'm not going to stick with it just out of principle right you know? no i get because you. and I, I haven't and i've enjoyed and i've got problems with it too the problems i have with like some of the reviews that have been written in some of the fan stuff I've seen. It's like, I think a lot well, of expectations were going to be like all the Avengers. It's going to be gonna like a up. mini Marvel movie. Yeah, right, but it's but, but it's I, more I like expected, a crop. It's more like a cop drama. It's more like it's a weekly. Supposed to be from the get go, and that's but I, actually I what I've more when we got see, this. Past they week. do that. That's when I'm enjoying. Mm-hmm. You know, I I thought we were going to get more of the you know the Hydra type organization <laughs> and you know the the underlying uh, spy thriller stuff that would be tied into the Marvel Universe. That's where I, I thought maybe Baron Strucker would end up being the uh, bad guy all you know, all along. Yeah, but Whedon has to put in. his characters in place, give them all the relationships, then he has to fuck all those relationships up. <laughs> then he has but to he, make somebody die. That. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I accept that that's his normal uh, MO, but that's clumsy. You know, I mean, eventually, I know, I understand it gets to be good as the time goes on. But there's no reason the first season has to be weak. I don't think. No, I, well, yeah, there, there is the exact. Well, that's just true. There's no reason 
if you're going to do any kind of artistic thing, there's no reason to make it weak. <laughs> well, no, and I was actually, I was kind of surprised at I'm not a huge fan of the casting on it. Uh, some of the characters, some are spot on. It took me a while to get warmed up to like Fitz and Simmons, but I actually am now. Um, I can give or take a couple of them. I mean, the whole <laughs> Sky and Ward. I mean, Ward's more interesting mm. now. Because yeah, but he... see, now you see Ward has been here. You see what Ward is. He's been he's been the villain, and and apparently. Uh, I listen on uh, another podcast that they had been hinting all along. There's been things that have been dropped that Ward was uh, going to be the guy that turns. There was like a scene where they're talking about lies and deception yeah. and there's a cut to Ward and then it cuts away, you know, but yeah, the whole, but now with well, the whole great about twists is because it makes you go back and you know, mm-hmm. see if you can figure it out. But which I, I would think now, Chris, that if you go back, I would try to f- find a way to watch it now. Now, now that there's a lot out, and you can just uh-huh. speedball them for another Marvel term. Yeah, yeah, right term. <laughs> and and maybe you know because you said you only watched the first one, yeah. but I, I would go through now and definitely give it a try. I mean, the biggest I enjoyed the, the show first is episode. what just happened in the movie. So I mean. I enjoyed the fr- yeah exactly. I enjoyed the first episode, so I I I sort of liked what they were doing, and I s- f- immediately recognized that it was going to be a, a relatively low budget affair. Mm-hmm. You know, well, it's going to well, depend more on snappy that... dialogue and and some cool camera work and the hint of a special effect here and there. You know, there was a couple that's kind of like the freak of the week to where it was like the threat of the week that they would go after. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, that's... You look at Smallville. That was kind of the first season of Smallville. Well, you kind of have like to that. do that with any show that's going to be, you know, 13 to 20. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to build up your universe and, and set down the rules and set down who's doing what and what all, all the relationships are before you can... Uh, I mean, yeah, these are characters that have been... been around, uh, well... Not all the characters specifically on the show, but the concepts of Shield and and a lot of the, like Coulson's character, but all these new characters, you have to, you can't just, you couldn't just start a you know Agents of Shield and set it on the Hello character and it's like every day you know it's Nick Fury. I, I think that's what people wanted. They wanted Nick Fury. They wanted Maria Hill. They wanted Coulson every single it's freaking realistic. Week. I yeah. get that they didn't have to do that, but there are plenty of shows that hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. And, and and managed to do all of the introduction of the characters and the universe and the universe's rules while in the process of that running. So there's no reason the show had to start off slowly. I just, Paul, what do you feel? I mean, how, just try to elaborate on how it started slowly for you, I guess. I, I honestly, your expectations, I, thought... I guess. Well, I, I would have liked for it to be a little bit more intertwined in the Marvel Universe, not necessarily the Marvel movie universe. I don't think that was a necessity, but I do think it should have been a little bit more uh, intertwined in the comic universe, just for my own personal pleasure uh, and, and enjoying you know that. And I think 
most comic fans would enjoy that. Oh, and man, I don't know. That's, that's, just, that's the one argument I just don't understand. Cause I think it's just fucking steeped in the Marvel universe. I mean, there's because well, every once in a while they say, "Oh yeah, Captain America did this." I don't think that's enough to steep it in the universe. No, that's I don't even want to see that. I want I want other stuff. You know, I want stuff like Deathlock popping up and the fridge. The fridge is a great concept. You got to admit though, because they can now in the show. They can visit all these little kind of second-tier villains like Blizzard, and well, Graviton's pretty well up there, actually, power-wise, but, you know, yeah, and throw them in the fridge, and then a Marvel unit, you know, Marvel movie later on can maybe be like, well, we need a like, guy with ice powers. Blizzard's in the fridge. He's escaping. You know, throw him in the next Iron Man movie or something. Um, hopefully they'll revisit it on the show, because I think we'll be cheated if they don't, but... I think they've had lots of nice little setups that they could that could pay off nicely, but again, yeah, they can pay off. Yeah. but they have yet. I, I, I'm not re- I'm not willing to say that that they successfully introduced these setups in a in an entertaining way. I really didn't think they did. Yeah. I thought the movie uh, in the movie. I thought the show needed more, and they didn't really give us what we needed. Uh, well, I think they now. I think they've that... gotten to that point. I think. I think as I, I really for me the turning point was the episode with uh, Sif when yeah. she came on. From that point forward, I think it's been real. Yeah, I could kind of take or leave that that episode for some reason. I don't know. Really, um, I I enjoyed the hell out of that episode. But I, then didn't, again, I, I didn't. I didn't. I felt like pain. it's like Lorelai is kind of the budget enchantress who we all hope to see in a Thor film someday. Intent. Yeah, but she is an actual character. She is yeah. the Enchantress's sister, who that's right. what she does. I don't think she, I mean, like a mention of the of uh, Amora would have been kind of cool in that kind of, mm. I don't know, I'll have to actually watch that one again, because it's well, cloudy for some reason. You know, Paul, you said that, that you didn't, or it's just recently that you like the turn it's taken, and I think I know what has changed and what's been different, because... Prior to just the past few episodes, the main driving plot has been Coulson and what's happened to him. And now that that's out of the way, maybe that is where now we're seeing the bigger, broader Marvel Universe that they've explained. They've got the Coulson plot out of the way and where along the course of the show, they were dropping small Easter eggs. But maybe now that that's gone, you'll you'll we'll see more where it's at now and maybe you'll enjoy it more. Maybe, but I, I also don't think they've totally gotten that out of the way. They've given us a little information on it. Well, yeah, but, but it's not as quite. It sounds uh, to me like the, it sounds to me like the show. From what when I hear people talking to it, it sounds to me like the show's co- kind of coy about how it introduces the. You know, it doesn't full out do a lot of the stuff that people want it to do, or it'll just sort of give you a little of this and. A little of that, so I don't know. Is that what you guys find? I don't know. I mean, well, I mean, I admit, and I agree with Paul. Like the first few episodes, I think the writing's improved a lot, and even the actors are settling into their roles. It all does come down to your patience level, especially with a Joss Whedon joint, I guess. Um, But I can see why people perceiving it as starting out slow, absolutely. But I think, like, I mean, they did a full-on origin story for Blizzard and Graviton and Deathlock, basically, over several episodes. Um, He's looking more like Deathlock. Um, Especially when they did that X-ray shot. Oh, that was great, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, That that was was, Deathlock right there. That was a squee moment. 
Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Chris hears some squealing. <laughs> I mean, I pump my fist in the air in a manly fashion. Moment. Yeah. Right. Anyway. And, and again, I stayed, I've stayed with it throughout because I've seen the potential. Yeah. It's not that I thought, oh, this sucks and I'm bailing on it. I, you know, I've seen the potential all along and, and I was hoping it would reach it and it seems like it's starting to. Mm-hmm. And, and now it's paying off for my patience. But I can also, I can't criticize others for not having that patience. Right. No, me either. You know, I said I just, and I guess I did, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, one, one thing that we had said, I don't know if that was the point that where you had uh, dropped out, Paul, was that I was frustrated with the release schedule. But then now in hindsight that maybe they had to chop up the release schedule in order to get, plus you had the Olympics this year and, you know, they probably didn't want to go up against that. Yeah. So, but, but they, um, well, they had to time it for cap. Exactly. They had the time to release with cap. So that's kind of where that, that fell, but maybe next season, well, next season, what move? Well, we got the Avengers. So, well, it depends on, they're going to tie to that too. It depends on the direction they're taking, you know, because Mm -hmm. from the way they set it up, it looks like. The TV show can be off in its own little world now, and it doesn't have to tie. Oh in yeah, because it's not. T- yeah. Well, but they tied it into the Thor movie slightly. They tied it into the Cat movie. I think they want to do that because they think they're going to get a boost in ratings by doing that. Yeah, but they had to tie it into the Cat movie, and Shield was the whole basis of the Cat movie. But now yeah. they don't. They don't necessarily have to be tied in with. Age of Ultron, because if that's happening in New York and they're off in Africa trying to save that shield insulation, they don't necessarily have to be, oh, it must come out at this point. Unless I think they'll go out of their out. way to do that, though, Gene, because I think they're going to uh, I think they're going to want to go on the coattails to Avengers 2, because, you know, that's going to be a, a huge draw. I hope they would want to. Those are going to be pretty money-making coattails, I would... Yeah, but they don't have to do a direct tie-in. They can do coattails, but they don't have to do a direct tie-in. Well, unless they bring unless, unless in the Avengers they bring back Coulson into the movies. Which they might. He did tell I wouldn't Sif be shocked to about that. let him tell Thor that he was alive. He wasn't exactly. that out yet. I mean, I think... I don't know how else they could do it, but I mean, we've, we're going to have to see some kind of repairing of S.H.I.E.L.D. or some kind of new incarnation of S.H.I.E.L.D. by the end of the season. I mean, it's bold if they're letting the TV show kind of create that piece of the Marvel Universe. But... Well, the thing is, uh, they can't be improvising this TV show. Oh, no. I mean, if, they, if they're planning all this stuff so far ahead... They must have been like, okay, if we start an Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show and we're going to kill S.H.I.E.L.D. in this movie, they they, the they must have, back. yeah, they have some <laughs> sort of plan to to keep it going. And hopefully it's one of those things that are like, oh, yeah, we'll let it go slow and then we'll have this where S.H.I.E.L.D. is more of an underground on the run yeah. unit or something like that. That's the only way they can go, I guess. I just put a poster up in, in in the link. Have you guys seen this link? It's for the next episode. Oh yeah, the classic style poster on that. Yeah, comic style. Yeah, that's for for those that are listening. If, if you haven't seen it, it's basically like a it's a looks like a comics cover, and you have the Hydra logo, and then you have a shot of Coulson. Looks like they're in winter gear, and he's standing there with a gun held up, and 
immediately beneath him you have oh, what 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 is her name Reina Scott yeah. is that her so, yeah. and she's she's on the she's a villain and then Ward's beneath her who was was, was shown to be the traitor and then the, the team is kind of split in between Coulson his team you've got the new character on the left with uh, is that uh, Fitz yeah and then you've got Simmons May and Sky on the other side and some of the now the two characters on the left, I think there may be a possible romance starting there, and then you've got Simmons on the other side looking away, oh, kind of angry. Simmons is the female, Gemma Simmons. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, Fitz and Simmons, those two. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I don't know. So you know, I, I don't know. I just thought this poster was pretty cool. I, I saw one reviewer describe it as uh, ice station zebra, and I'm and I went yes, <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> Which reminds me, ice station zebra. They need to have interludes in movies, so I wouldn't miss the Stanley cameo in Captain America. Right. <laughs> they <laughs> they just need to go need back to, make to that. chairs with toilet bottom <sighs> of them, like in a Idiocracy. I know. <laughs> All right. Well, now that I'm bringing up the bathroom, I think it's about time to do our little wrap up. Or else we're going to be going 14 hours like a Hope Mullinex podcast. <laughs> yeah, because somehow this turned into an a- Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. referendum. Yeah. And uh, in same order, a little, and we'll just do our little 30-second wrap-up on what we think, and then we'll be out of here, guys. All right. Gene, you're up first. All right. Captain America and Winter Soldier, great movie. Go see it if you haven't, uh, and watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Wow, that was that was good. Um, just a mere fraction of thirty seconds. I'll probably be about as brief too. You know, um, my my advice is go see it. And it's one of those. It's this is one of like maybe Iron Man one is one of those Marvel movies that you could drag anybody to who's not familiar with any of the characters. This one especially, I think, is very accessible to the general public or you know your your cousin who doesn't watch superhero movies or something i think they would still enjoy the hell out of it um scott you're up next uh wow Uh, marvel studios hits it out of the fucking park again and guardians of the galaxy can't get here soon enough with james gunn at the helm and oh my god just a good time to be alive huh kids um, Captain America, fuck yeah. And that's all, folks. All right, Hope, you're next. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, you know, it was, it, was, it could have been better, <laughs> but it was, it was all right. All right, Bill, you're next. This is Patrick de Lipper. You should go see the Captain America movie. I let him win in the beginning. It was in my contract. And you should also be watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., or I will come and put escargot in your anus. Oh, I fart in your general direction. <laughs> All right, Paul, you're next. Okay, just uh, as I said earlier, I think now this is the movie against which future Marvel movies will be measured to judge whether or not they are successful. Uh, I have been, I have been the recipient of some criticism or derision or ridicule for my like of a DC Universe movie uh, that came out not that long ago. And despite my like for that movie, I have to say, 
I do understand how this Marvel universe blows that away. Uh, it's just doing everything right. They're hitting all the notes. They're, they're, there's never a swing and a miss so far. From from when Iron Man came out to now, they have not missed one note. Uh, it, it's just a great universe. And it, it feels like the comics, the way they tie together. I totally agree. It's, that's And that let's underline that like three times. It yeah. feels like the comics. That's, 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 I think, what Hollywood seems to have a hard time with. Okay, before I start blabbing, Hair Metal Hero, you're up. Um, okay, 30-second wrap-up. All right. Um, Captain America 2, The Winter Soldier, builds on everything that the Marvel Universe has done in the most perfect ways possible. It makes Steve Rogers, to me, if he isn't already for you guys, the figurehead of the Marvel movie universe, as it should be. It brings in a lot of stuff from Cap's many years of history, and it plays with them in fun and interesting ways, and it delivers the action and the story and solid, solid acting performances all around. Go see it. See it twice. Get all. <laughs> Come on. What's wrong with you talk? All right. I guess that's it, guys. <laughs> I think right. we successfully reviewed this movie. Still got some Marvel heroes in you, though. Yeah, we did. Uh, You just you beat me to that one. I was just gonna say we reviewed the hell out of it, but yeah, I agree. We reviewed the shit out of that movie. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. And we've come up with the spinoff of of fecal flaw, the the, the things that make movies shitty. (laughs) Thank you, hair metal hero. The motherfucking Falcon. Oh my god, yes, yes to nine times yes.
visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks.
Oh, I, there's one more I gotta drop in for you. Okay. The motherfucking Falcon! Here we go. <laughs> that works. I might cap out the whole, so to speak, the whole episode with that. Oh, wait, no, hold on. If you want to cap out the whole episode, Skadro's ass! <laughs> yeah, it, it it definitely it definitely there was a lot of framing work. based around that. Yeah, Why less wouldn't... so than in the other movies though. They didn't they didn't focus on her butt the whole time like they did in all of other her other appearances. Probably the fatal flaw for the movie. Yes, more's the pity. The fecal flaw. The fecal flaw. <laughs> that was the movie's fecal flaw. <laughs> <laughs> There's a podcast idea right there. Fecal flaws. The fecal flaws. <laughs> stuff that makes stuff in movies that makes them shitty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, trademark that shit right now. That's, you know what? That's, that is open to the group. So we all use the, the roundtable format of the fecal flaw. Oh. All those fecal talks make me have to go to the bathroom again. Oh, God. Oh. We don't have that much time. Get to the hopper! <laughs> Get to the dropper. Grounds <laughs> <laughs> for divorce. Oh, get me the mopper. Right now, I'm wondering why I put on my headset and got on Skype. We were finally invited aboard one of these spacecraft, which landed near Ann Arbor, Michigan, on October the 24th of 1954. This is a drawing of the craft. As I was leaving the craft, the commander Soltek said, soon others of your people will be able to have an experience similar to this. 